0: I'm Lee and I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays
1: for your weekly dose of art and design.
0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, technical difficulties for a couple of seconds. Um, welcome to Saturation Italicized. I'm your host Lee. And I'm Lauren. And if you don't know about this podcast, we're just a little podcast. We like to talk about design and art and writing, hence saturation, design, italicized writing. Um, today, we were going to start off with a segment I actually researched, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, but we've just had so many good conversations recently, we haven't been able to get to it. But I've been super excited to talk about typotech. Is that? Do you remember how it was pronounced? It was typotech. I think that's right, yeah. Typotech. Um, So there's a type foundry called Typotech and long story short is there have been a lot of indigenous um, languages that have died out uh, recently with kind of the rise of texting and phones and social media. Um, Obviously, not all languages yet have been introduced in keyboard format. So Typotech, this this type company, excuse me, excuse me has been aiming to change that so they're a canadian company and they're um striving to stop different languages and cultures from dying out in canadian indigenous communities um, by writing their languages digitally so the north american syllable syllabics project saw the dutch studio oh my bad, dutch studio not canadian studio work in close collaborations with groups that use Canadian Aboriginal syllabics, a family of writing systems also known simply as syllabics that were developed in the 1800s for the region's indigenous groups. This has resulted in three new syllabic typefaces alongside crucial interventions into how the Unicode consortium, consortium, consortium encodes the language languages for digital use via the Unicode standard character coding system. So I think that's all like, just fancy conversation about how they're actually developing these, like this software and these languages onto a digital format. Um, But the typeface designer of these uh, new syllabic typefaces, his name is Kevin King. And when asked about it, he said that the Unicode standard could be thought of as a language infrastructure for digital text exchange on our everyday digital devices. So, you know how when you can switch your keyboard to a different language, mm-hmm. um, that's like a, what they're aiming to do with these Canadian indigenous languages that are dying out. Typically, syllabics encounter errors such as not defined boxes appearing in place of missing characters. Um Kind of like, you know when we download a font and you try to use a comma in it? Yes, I hate that. And it's just a box. (laughs) like, why did
1: you even make a typeface? Without a comma. Yeah, they don't do punctuation or numbers. Oh, and it makes literally no no sense. sense. Um, Literally just the letters. Why would you just do the letters?
0: And imagine how frustrating that would be if it was your first language. Or like a language you grew up knowing. If you were trying to type that and there's literally not any software or an interface that is developed to help you, like, communicate with, especially older Indigenous, like, people. No, it's crazy. Um, So, like, especially on, like, Twitter and Instagram, they, like, none of these people can use their preferred writing system. So, working with Indigenous leaders in Canada, Typotech made two applications to the Unicode Consortium to correct these errors – one in relation to Natalic, which is a name which is the name of one of these syllabic languages, and one to the carrier language communities. Both were successful and will mean all future syllabic typefaces should be more legible. Typotech created three new syllable typefaces Lava, November, and October. So these are the name of the actual typefaces for these languages. All three were designed by Kevin King, like I was saying earlier, and are versions of typefaces originally created by the Latin alphabet by Typotech founder Peter Black. The November typeface is designed primarily for wayfinding and information systems, although typotech says it works well for long text. Um, I'm not really sure what wayfinding and information systems is. I assume that's like maps.
1: Yeah, that's I what I assume too.
0: Maps and software things, I guess. I don't know. Um, but October is a rounded style described as having a friendly character working well for signage, information displays, packaging, and branding projects. Projects, um, which I really liked that specific um note because I think it's like creating this language for actual companies that come out of these indigenous communities can use their like first language or their culture's language, um, to promote like their culture's products, which is something I never would have thought about before.
1: Yeah, same. Um, the wayfinder and information systems, I looked it up, it's like a sign. If you're, like, directing people around somewhere. like, speed limit signs and stuff? Like, if you're in, like, a hospital and they're, like, oh, okay, the front is, like, here. And, like, you can go to this room here. Or, like, if you're in an office building, like, oh, this is the conference room. This You can go down here, like, the arrows and the floors. That's awesome. Yeah. So,
0: basically, yeah, just, like, navigating people around a certain area. So that's cool. So that means in like, I guess I don't know if Canada. No, Canada does has reserve. Does have ever? It does have reservations. I know that. So I guess like hospitals on the reservations can use their like native language now, yeah. which is sick. Um, yeah, that is awesome. Uh, so the typefaces also all include a number of stylistic sets designed to cater to different communities. Um, And some use more square forms of syllabics and others more round. So I'm guessing, well, not I'm guessing, I'm saying that, like, different communities or, like, different tribes in these indigenous communities have their more specialized language um, that was, like, that they've grown up on um typotech worked closely with indigenous communities throughout the process first to discuss and understand the issues they were having with digital communication then to build the unicode proposals together and finally to test the fonts during their development they also had an influence on the resulting typefaces ensuring that the resulting tools would overcome barriers that their community faced and perform to their expectations of how their syllabic should work and look said king who is himself based in toronto canada Typo Tech was founded in 1999 by Peter Pilark and aims for its typefaces to support as many as the world's writing systems as possible. So something I think is really cool about this is that there's, like, a ton of languages that are dying out right now. Um, especially in America. I know a lot of Native um, people, like, are losing their culture, especially to this, especially to not having access to it, like, digitally, which is, mm-hmm. like, how most communication is for now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's, like... Really cool. I think especially, like, as Americans, like, we don't really think about, like, Canadian indigenous people. Yeah. Um.
1: You just think about, like, the
0: American. American, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And you gave me a book one time. It's a really good book. It's called uh, A History of My Brief Body, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of, like, personal mm-hmm. essays and short memoirs by Billy Ray Belcourt, who is also an indigenous Canadian. And he talks a lot about, like, li- living on a reservation there in Canada. Um, because we also, like... I think that, or, like, I know the stereotype for Canada is, like, oh, it's, like, the nice place that, like, has none of the American problems. But, like, a lot of indigenous people there face the exact same, like, turmoil they face here. Yeah. But, so what do you think about this new language development? I think
1: I never really thought about how a language could die out if they didn't have, like, the characters for it to communicate digitally. But it Mm. is definitely a problem. Um, So I'm glad that... Typotech has developed a solution. Um, and I went to their website and I was looking at it, and they've won a lot of awards for this, which I think is like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. They got graphic design of the year for Ooh. one thing. Um, Yeah, so, like, a couple awards, so I think that's cool. Um, And I like that, like, the tags, it says activism. So here we are again, art and activism. every week, bro. This is activism, though.
0: This is awesome activism. Yeah, it is.
1: It's very applicable. This is obviously going to be used by a lot of people. Um, And I like that they have a little map, like, showing just how many different languages they did. And you scroll down, and it's also just so interesting to look at their, like, alphabet system. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's just so Yeah, cool. it's, like, weird thinking about how, like, in English, there's literally, like, at least thousands, maybe millions of fonts. Oh, And then yeah. there's languages that don't have a single yeah. font dedicated to them. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wonder how many – because I believe the continent of Africa has, like, hundreds and hundreds of, like, la- native languages. Um, and, like, thinking about that, I wonder, like, how many of those languages are being lost digitally And so on and so forth. Um, And outside of digital, like, content for these languages, like, it's, like, a lot of these languages, you don't really have access to learn them either. Like, they're not on Duolingo. They're not being taught in school. They're not being taught in colleges. The culture's just going to be lost. Exactly. Which is, like, it sucks because indigenous people have been fighting for their culture, like, since we invaded. For a long time, yeah. Literally. Um, And we're still, like, leaps and bounds away from, like, restoring that and it's like this is it like I don't know I guess to us and maybe not to like me and you because like you know we've studied and researched this but like to other people it's like oh like they're getting a font like okay and it's like no like now like they have elders can communicate to it so much exactly. yeah it really like
1: opens up the floodgates of opportunities
0: i wonder if like when they search things on like safari if they like can search in their native language and if things are result mm. like the results are in the native language as well yeah that's a good question hmm i don't know regardless though uh, well one of the things said like e- like the i believe it was the october yes the october style font would be used for, um, like, communication services. So, and I think it specifically mentioned emails. So, I think, yeah, maybe then, like, their online, uh, like, Safari results might also be in their syllabic languages. But it's also just, you're a huge language fiend. You love learning second languages. It's so hard,
1: though. (laughs) It's so hard. (laughs) Because I don't have any of the... phonetics mm-hmm. for any other language like I just sound silly trying to pronounce something in Portuguese or
0: mm-hmm. Italian what kind of stuff because you've been studying Portuguese for a long time now so what kind of like like stuff are you like learning in Portuguese now because there's like obviously verbs and numbers versus stuff like that but you've been doing it for a while
1: yeah see I haven't even like they barely touch numbers and I feel like really yeah the Duolingo I'm honestly very confused by the way that Duolingo works because they like, cur- completely redid everything about like honestly like two-thirds of the way into my journey so far <laughs> they changed everything and so they have a completely like different curriculum so I feel like I'm relearning stuff I learned before because mm-hmm. I was on like a much farther unit and now I'm on like unit five and I'm like How wait so they I? restarted you they didn't restart me I feel like they put me at what would have been the equivalent but I think they move so many things around I don't know it's weird like I just learned colors You've I, like I should have learned learning Portuguese for like about. a year but they start you with weird things they start you with you like I eat an apple <laughs> he drinks milk, like... Can you say these things? Like, I'm not asking you to say them yeah, on but you, you say can say it. those um, things. Yeah, I could. That's cool. I don't know how to say it in past tense, though. Like, I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know how to say, like, he drank the milk, but he does drink the milk. If I could say he could drink it, which I, I don't know when you would ever be in a conversation and be like, yeah, he drinks milk. But <laughs> I guess that's applicable. But I guess these people with these new native languages, they could say that. Because. Over their text.
0: <laughs> I would love to learn, like, sign language or something. I've yeah. always really wanted to learn sign language. I used to know the alphabet. I think I'm missing a couple of letters now. I don't really remember. I used to be able to say my name. Really? Yeah, I
1: don't know how to anymore. I think it's, uh, like, L-A. Y'all can't see Lee, but she's signing correctly right
0: now, I think, so far. I don't remember you. R-E-N. Yeah. So I'm missing you. Yeah, I don't remember the you. Eh, it's it's you can sound it out without the you. It's fine. <laughs> so true. Um but no, I I think sounding language should be really cool. It's the thing is though like there's that whole like your brain develops its like pathways pretty early on in your life. And so when you're learning language, your first language, that's when it's best to learn another language because your brain hasn't developed like how to speak yet. And, like, the older you get, yeah. the more impossible it is to learn languages. Like, I feel like She's I'm just so too tragic. far past it.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that, too. But I'm just determined at this point to learn more. I don't know if I'll ever be fluent, but I can mm-hmm. at least know more than I know right now. Do you? That I do wish I learned it when I was younger.
0: Were you? You visited Brazil. Do you know when you're going back? No, I don't. Mm. I'll definitely
1: be able to say more, though.
0: Yeah, That's cool. Yeah,
1: and I definitely, I was on a hot streak when I was there because they just speak Portuguese.
0: Was it easier? Did you find it was easier to, like, adjust, like, with, or, like, was it easier to pick up stuff than it is on Duolingo when it was just them speaking it? Like, do you feel like you kind of got, like, a little, not tutoring lesson, but.
1: Kind of, because they would teach me a word, but then they would, like, say it, Mm -hmm. and it was more applicable. Because, like, I I forgot the word for beach, but, like, I learned it at the time and knew it. Because we read the beach all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. it was being
0: used often, like so frequently. Yeah. Um. Something that kills me is like when you're learning a l- new language, like you'll say like one word, or like you'll get a word down, but like for me, I don't know about you, I could never understand it like in an actual sentence. Yeah. Like, because I wouldn't be able to di- differentiate what the beginning of a word was from the like end of the last word, and I don't know if that's just like. If that was just, because I took Spanish in high school. I don't know if it was just, like, me, like, not being able to pick up on Spanish or if that's, like, a common thing with people, like, not being able to understand words and sentences. Yeah, that's
1: fair. That's fair. I took Spanish in high school also. Did that help with Portuguese? Honestly, some of the words are really similar. And so it does help in the sense that, like, Duolingo also doesn't tell you that, like, I feel like they just expect you to know a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it was nice to know, like, the background of Spanish. Like, the masculine yeah. and feminine, like, articles and stuff. Because that's applicable in Portuguese as well.
0: I don't know. Stuff the like Feminine's just you in with an A, right? Mm-hmm. What's well, masculine? Oh, Oh, yeah. Hermano. Yeah. One of my favorite. <laughs> have you ever watched Arrested Development? No. There's a bit in Arrested Development where Job, like, one of the brothers, is dating um a spanish soap opera star and he overhears her like like so he's like the girl the this is gonna be so hard to explain okay the soap opera star is dating job's brother Mm -hmm. and like having an affair and um job overhears her be like oh like something something hermano and he's like spins like days trying to figure out what hermano means and then he's like oh it's brother it's her brother on the soap opera the soap opera and yeah i don't know why i brought that up it's just (laughs) the the funny it was funny it reminded me of the like uh the masculine and feminine version of words yeah do we have that in english i don't yeah that seems so weird well would it be like sister and brother like i get obviously the word is like sister and brother but our, I guess our feminine would just be sister, but we don't have, like, a like ending yeah, letter. Yeah, I don't
1: think so, because, like, our article is just the. There's not, like, a feminine and masculine version yeah. of the yeah, or a, yeah. like, there in.
0: I want to know, like, what those languages are like with the newer conversation about, like, pronouns and stuff.
1: I've thought about that, too.
0: Like, like I wonder, like, how much that affects their, like, the way the language is built. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, That'd be fun to look up.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that evolves. I wonder if there's like even passes. any
0: articles or anything on it. I don't know. I don't have like a big enough grip on like the language to even really understand like what, like how that would affect that. The, uh, lear- the thing about languages, I just feel like dumb talking about them. Like I don't, I don't know a second language. I'm really bad at learning them. Math feels like a second language.
1: Math does feel like a second language. (laughs) It's so confusing.
0: Well, while you're looking up that, we're going to cut to a quick PSA break. First, we will be listening to The Divorce Song by DJ Quick. Lauren, would you like to tell what you told me? Oh, yeah. So I heard this
1: song on Davis's show, Are You With That? Um, I believe it's 6 p.m. on, no, 5 p.m. on Wednesdays. I'm pretty sure it's 5 p.m. on Wednesdays because I was stuck in traffic listening to it. Um, And this was – I honestly think this is, like, the the first song he played last week or maybe the second. But I thought it was really good. And you vibed with it. I
0: vibed with it, and I was with that. So, (laughs) you know. Well, I'm excited to hear it. All right. We'll catch you all in two minutes.
1: (laughs) In two minutes.
0: Heyo. We totally, (laughs) like – oh, gosh. We totally <laughs> did not realize that the ad break was over or anything. And, like that's we were like, just
1: talking about design. We were just we like, were wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about it, we listeners. Dead air, dead air. But um, we're gonna discuss something really cool now. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> we're gonna talk about um a sculpture, um everyone's favorite thing. Um, And we're going to talk about this one made in the neoclassical era, which is like the 18th century. I actually learned about this piece in my art history class with Dr. Burns. Um, Dr. Burns, if you're listening, love you. Um, (laughs) But I didn't remember like any of this stuff. Like I just remember really liking the piece. um, And then I researched it more today. But it's a marble sculpture created between 1787 and 1793 by Antonio Canova. Um, and it's called Psyche Revived by Cupid's Kiss, um, and it's, it's, it portrays a loving embrace between two major characters in Greek mythology, love, which is like Cupid in Latin, and the soul, which is Psyche, um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about like the artist and where the work is before I get into like the backstory of what the piece is actually about, Um, So there's actually two versions of this piece of work out in the world, which I didn't know. Uh, The first one, of course, is in the Louvre in Paris. And the second one is in St. Petersburg, Russia, which feels very random. But artists at the time produced a lot of iterations of the same design. um, So you might see like a couple of some famous artworks out there, like duplicates. Um, But the sculpture was inspired by a Roman painting that Antonio Canova found In the town of Herculeum, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's kind of by Naples during uh, Antonio's visit there in 1787. And the painting features a man like crouching over and leaning over a woman who is stretching her arms out towards him. So you can see that direct influence in the sculpture itself. Um, And this is this is considered a neoclassical style masterpiece, and so the neoclassical style, it was the 18th century artwork that focused on kind of like reviving the return of like classic beauty and magnificence of like the Greco-Roman empire. Um, It came after the Baroque and Rococo era, Um, and this particular piece like, it obviously displays, like, very emotional lovers, which is kind of a hint to the romanticism movement, which is to come. But so, the piece itself, it has, like, a whole story to it. So, I'm going to kind of go through the story and then tell you what piece of the story the sculpture is actually, like, capturing. So, it begins with a prophecy that says, Princess Psyche would grow up to be much more beautiful than Aphrodite, who we know is the goddess of beauty and love. And so, in response... Aphrodite ordered her son Cupid to make Psyche fall in love with the most hideous (laughs) being in the world. Um, Ouch. Yeah, literally. So Cupid, um, that's like his nickname. He's the god of arrows. But yeah, he's the son of Aphrodite. And you can obviously tell he's Cupid because he has like the wings and the arrow. Um, But Cupid, so he agrees to what Aphrodite says, and he's like, yeah, I'll make her fall in love with someone hideous, but then ultimately falls in love with with her himself, and so Cupid sent an oracle, which I had to Google what this was, it's like a person who is believed to, like, talk to the gods, but so Cupid sent an oracle to Psyche's father, and asked her to keep her hidden. So Psyche was hidden in like this really luxurious palace where Cupid would visit her every night. But he, but she never saw his face in order to conceal his identity. So she later like had a breakdown and she watched him sleep. Like she finally saw him but she didn't see his face. And he flew away when a drop of hot oil from her lantern fell onto his skin. So... Psyche is still, like, in search of her lover. She doesn't know who he is, and she ultimately becomes Aphrodite's slave, and Aphrodite orders Psyche to retrieve a vial from Hades, who's the god of the underworld, and Psyche isn't allowed to open it, but of course she opens it, (laughs) and she inhales the vapors in the vial, and she goes into a deep and deadly sleep that, of course, only Cupid can correct. So Cupid kisses her and brings her back to life, which is the moment that the sculpture captures. Um, And you can see like Cupid is like, so the sculpture has like Psyche kind of like on her back and Cupid's like reaching over her. Um, And they're on top of a rock and the flask, like the little vial that she wasn't supposed to be take, that she wasn't supposed to have can be seen in certain angles of the sculpture. So the sculpture itself, the base is like five feet wide um, and it's meant to be viewed in the round, which means you can look at it like in 360 degrees and you're going to see a different angle of it. Um, But the sculpture itself is like a pyramid shape with like the the two people at the base and then like Cupid's wings at the peak. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about this piece is if you look at a lot of stuff from the neoclassical era, they have, they really focus on like human anatomy and muscles, like very like sharp body. Whereas this artist, this sculpture, he focuses on making the bodies like very soft and slender. It's like very fluid and graceful, which is just such a stark contrast to what was popular at the time. Um, and he also had, like, very natural movements, like the way that Cupid is crouching. He has his, like, right foot and leg behind him to keep his, his self-steady as Psyche reaches both of her hands around his head. Um, but the last thing I have to say is the they have, like, a lot of different marble and different marbling techniques, which I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it's different throughout the whole piece. Um, and if you look at, his, at Cupid's wings, you can actually see like sun rays like going through the wings like it's somewhat translucent, um, which I think is very cool. So, Lee, what do you think about all of this? Um,
0: I'm like looking at some different angles on Google, and you're right, it, it does look like so drastically different from every angle it's like a very dynamic sculpture yeah it is which I think is so cool like I think
1: that's why I love it
0: like it just it's different through all the views there's something about his wings as well that like Mm -hmm. I realized so the top point of the right wing literally like is the very middle of the sculpture yeah so like just the geometric like proportions of the sculpture are very nice um and like the like triangle like shape mm-hmm. is cool cuz i don't think i've seen that in a yeah like this is sculpture. just
1: just different from a lot of like the styles at the time and like every way shape and form
0: it is just so soft like their their bodies look so soft the wings look very hard though look very they, structured they
1: do but they i love that they look kind of like glowy i don't know
0: yeah they no i know exactly they look angelic <laughs> Uh, something that kills me, not this isn't about the sculpture, but about the story. What kills me about, like, Greek mythology is, one, it's always about love and lust. Always. Always about love and lust.
1: I'm like, this is so predictable. Like, I'm reading it, and they're like, she has to resist the vial. I'm like, of course
0: she's not, though. <laughs> um, and then they always just turn into, like, so random. Like, it's like, she needs to go retrieve the vial from the underworld. Like, yeah. what? Where... <laughs> Where are these myths coming from? Because every Greek mythology is like that, where they just have to do the most random things. Yeah, it is really. And random. then they always have, like, terrible outcomes. But, no, this sculpture is super beautiful. And I'm also, like, really surprised I've never seen it before or heard about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i really jealous because I know this girl that saw this piece in person, last semester and she posted it on her Instagram story and I literally screenshotted it because I had so much FOMO that she saw that because it's just such a beautiful piece (laughs) but you know alas I couldn't make it to the Louvre well we have to cut
0: to a quick ad break but we can revisit this if you would like when we get back um I'd love to hear more about like what draws you to this sculpture specifically because you were talking today about how much you just like really really loved it but first, a little ad break. You will be listening to Good News. Oh, I can't call it an ad. And we're back. I liked whatever that last song was on the PSA. I liked it, too. I was thinking that. am mm-hmm. sure we could just ask Luke or Davis. I'm pretty sure they both
1: would know. Yeah, we'll have to ask, but... Do you have any closing thoughts on th- our sculpture of the day?
0: Well, what were we talking about, like, right after? We, we got to stop talking about our segments, like, while we're on break. Um, we were talking about the marbling technique thing. Yeah, I was looking up, like, because we were saying, what was the term you used? Was It, it wasn't technique, it was, like, Method? Or? Honestly, I have no idea what I said. Yeah, I don't remember. It's not what I
1: wrote down. <laughs> but I
0: found one art. First of all, it's kind of hard to look up. Like I looked up different chiseling techniques, and then it was like talking about basketball, and so then I had to look oh, up different oof. chiseling sculpture techniques. And I don't know if this is what I meant, but I found one that said there was sculpting, carving, modeling, casting, polishing, chiseling, embossing, engraving, and stamping, and die casting. But I don't know if those are all different, like marble chiseling techniques or if they're just like different sculpture techniques because i'm pretty sure carving is definitely not a carving can't be a a sculpture no a marble sculpture technique yeah honestly i have no idea now i'm looking up different marble chiseling sculpture techniques (laughs) just taking a deep dive into the sculpture oh it's all youtube videos
1: Mm. you don't help me You know what we should talk about one day on the podcast? We should talk about Spencer's art from iCarly. (gasps) Another famous sculptor. Dude, okay,
0: literally, he was good. He was,
1: and we could talk about the legit sculptors that made those.
0: Okay, actually, so there's a, I know I've told you about this before. There's a YouTuber named, no, is it Scrophyllis? No idea. I think the YouTuber is Scrophyllis, but no, it's not Scrophyllis. I can't remember his name right now, but there's a YouTuber who did a really, really, really famous like video essay series where all the essays, all the video essays were like five hours or longer. And he was going through every single episode of iCarly and he would do deep dives on different characters. He would do deep dives on the show itself. But he said it was like virtually impossible to find like the like set designers who actually did the sculptures for spencer really? he like had a because he talked about them a lot because he was also saying like these are objectively good and cool sculptures because yeah, they, they were like they made were really by, cool yeah they were made by like legit designers yeah um but no he had a really really That's hard really time weird. finding them
1: which is sad yeah because like you want them to have recognition yeah
0: exactly yeah. maybe like they've kind of purposefully scrubbed yeah, their name off of it Um, But I loved his sculptures. I thought they were super cool. The robot. Yeah,
1: the robot was awesome.
0: The butter one. I
1: was about to say the butter one. The The butter butter one is just so random. And the dog hair one he did. Oh,
0: yeah. No, but genuinely, like, if he was a legit, like, real artist. I'd follow him on Instagram for sure. Yes. I would really like his work. Yeah, (laughs) I would too. Oh, my gosh. I also saw this TikTok the other day that was like, how did art go from this? And it was like. Renaissance paintings. It was all like classical, neoclassical mm-hmm. era, like sculptures and stuff like that. And then it was like to this, and then it was like ready made or like Andy Warhol type or like modern, mm. modern fine art. And like it was obviously like complaining, like being like this is bad, blah, blah, blah. and it kills me that the people who say that have like everyone's entitled to their opinion on art. You don't have to be like an art like historian to like have your opinion. You're completely entitled to that, but. If you're gonna be like modern art is bad, you like need to know the process process of how modern art got here, because the context of how it came to be is what makes it art. Yeah, that's the whole thing about ready made. We talked about that so many times. Yeah, but I stitched to the TikTok and I was like, I love Duchamp.
1: I I love love him because he just he brought up a new idea. He
0: changed the game. This is how. But that's like ever since like like the art we look back at that is like super classical looking to us super like renaissance to us um i I wish i had my notebook in here from like my last art history class but literally any time in history there's been a new art development or art style that like rose the backlash is always like ugh, why are we getting giving away or getting away with the original the originals art styles were good and like we'll even look back on like different renaissance renaissance art and be like oh that's classical but when those like when that era of art came to be, like everyone before, was like, oh, "That's so like yeah. modern art is bad." Yeah, I think it's just what happens with yeah. artists. Like, it's, you're it romanticizing changed. what yeah. art used to be. Yeah, true.
1: Always gonna romanticize the past.
0: Um, would you believe me if I said we're going to another ad break?
1: <sighs> yeah, because I accidentally added like the longest song known to man. And I did it again. Break. I'm PSA break.
0: I don't mind it. It's funny to me. It's funny to me because sometimes we'll get in conversation for like two or three minutes after a song and I'll be like, oh, it's time for an ad break. And it's like, how? How? We just played one. Yeah. Literally. Um,
1: But then we have a game
0: coming up after. So
1: it's something good after the PSA and the song. Yeah. We have the game.
0: And for the song, I think we're like all of us in the stew are going to be listening to a new song because I suggested we listen to some Earl Sweatshirt. And they didn't have any of the songs I knew uploaded in the system. So now we will be listening to Night by Earl Sweatshirt. And then we will get back to y'all after a quick little PSA break. And together we are listening to Saturation Italicized. Perfect segue back into the show. Thank you. I love segues.
1: So now we have a game for you. What? I have an art history game um, just going on the same wavelength as my sculpture. So question number one. Sigmund Freud was a very famous psychoanalyst. Which art movement was based on his ideas? Is it A, Cubism, B, Impressionism,
0: or C, Surrealism? So I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about, isn't, is there an art movement called Freudism? There's something called Freudism. Maybe it's a there philosophy is?
1: movement. Yeah, I think so, because I think I learned about it in philosophy. That's not an art movement. That sh- I should have put that as an option. I, I might have said that. What was the options again? Cubism, impressionism, and surrealism. Um,
0: is it is it cubism? No. Mm What is it? Surrealism. That was my second. I wish choice. I had like
1: the the vine boom or something.
0: Here, wait. I could. Oh, or I could do the the Eric Andre clap where it's like very like scattered clapping. That'd be perfect.
1: okay question number two where did impressionism originate is it norway england or france oh it's france correct yes extra bonus points if you can guess the city um is it
0: mm, that's italy is it it's not Paris. Is it, it Paris? It is Paris. It is Paris. The only French city no, I know. No, literally. <laughs> I almost said
1: that. I'm like, I don't know if I know any other French cities. I'm sure I do.
0: But off the top of my head, it's just Paris. All French cities are called Wee Baguette.
1: Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, okay, and question number three, how does the, or no, I wrote this wrong. What does the fauvism movement focus on? <laughs> is it A? Vivid, expressionistic, and non-naturalistic uses of color. B, emotional experiences rather than impressions of the external world. Or C, speed, technology, youth, and industrial objects like cars and planes.
0: Okay. I think it's A, because faux means fake. And so it's, you were saying it's like kind of an exaggerated version of what you see. But I guess that could be romanticism. I think it's A. I think my next choice would be C. Because I think I would, like, kick myself and be like, oh, faux, fake, cars, like, fake, not real mm-hmm. nature, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going A. You're correct. It's yes. A. Oh, my gosh.
1: Those are all, like, they're all from different
0: movements. But, yeah, the A is from phobism. A is from phobism. I'm very proud of myself for putting that together. I was using phon- phonetics. Is that phonetics? I don't know. I was using my big brain. Big brain. Um. Okay. We we gotta hop off air at like five at nine fifty six, cause I realized the other day we've always left at like ten on the dot or a little bit later, but we are supposed to finish early, for other shows. But for bef- silly For time. silly willies But I will drop the phone number real quick for Weagle just to see if we get any calls. <laughs> um, if not. I'll still be in the studio for a second afterwards, and you can tell Silly Willy you just love Saturation Italicized, but the phone number is 334-844-9345, so 344 844 Weagle and you can call us, and you can talk about the show, or if you just really hate art, oh. you can tell us how you hate art, and why you hate art, and why you're a STEM major, ha-ha, <laughs> 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 stim- boom-roasted, um so yeah
1: so we're just waiting for a call now <laughs> we're
0: wait- yeah so y'all are gonna have to listen to dead air until we get a call actually hit me the movie questions
1: oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: quiz you now
1: can i oh me or as in like the call are the people listening on air
0: <laughs> if you call in i'll quiz you but until someone calls in the numbers 334-844-9345 until you call in i will be asking lauren these questions Okay, Um, let me find a card that I think you would have seen the m- movie on. Um, Oh my gosh, S- this, okay, okay. What is the task of the team in Inception?
1: Oh, you know, it's funny that you choose that movie because, like, I've seen it, but I fell asleep. So oh, Will's saying know.
0: he knows this answer.
1: Come in. Well, come, come tell in, us.
0: Yeah. Come guest star. He's, like, <laughs> running. I'm in. here. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm micing I'm you on. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. What is that mic too? Uh, okay, uh, you're here. Oh, you're here. The task of the team in Inception is to infiltrate the son of a large conglomerate to uh, put an idea in his head via his dreams so that he will dissolve the company. Literally, all it says is to place a thought in a person's mind. But okay. that's basically what well, you said. Yeah, we'll go with that. Close enough. Paraphrased. You know, listeners, you could have answered that question if anyone would call us. Yeah. Call us or call Silly Willy. If you Maybe. call in during Silly Willy, we will continue the movie trivia for you. Maybe if you like. the
1: callers are just
0: discouraged
1: because we just, we messed up last week with the phone.
0: Callers, don't be discouraged. Everyone needs a little trial period to do things. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're not perfect. We're just simple little radio DJs. I mean, are we? Were we planning to do anything different this time around, or just no? It's try <laughs> to get it and hopefully it just doesn't. I, you know, t- I was the wondering same the same thing, but it's, well, I don't like. I think there's something something with the lag on air, where like uh, Tony said he called. We did not. Tony called last week. Is he talking about last week?
1: No, I think he just said now. He said
0: I called, no answer. I said the phone didn't ring. Yeah, there was no ring on the phone. Uh, oh, maybe it's like not plugged in now or something. I don't know. Y'all just keep calling. <laughs> keep trying. Keep keep trying. We're just so edgy and unreachable here because we're so we're such cool little radio mm-hmm. DJs. You got to be in the know.
1: You got to be in the know. To know, you know. You know.
0: No. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for this time around. A saturation italicized. Thank you for everyone to tune who tuned in. Um, be sure to stay for the next show, which is Silly Willy's Tune Time, um, where I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you next week, Tuesday at 9 p.m.
1: It, well, actually, that's spring break, so Ooh. I'm going to
0: catch you at the, on the next Tuesday, next Tuesday. in two mm. weeks.
1: And Bye. I hope you have a good spring break. Yeah, a safe spring break. And yes,
0: safe. War Damn Eagle! Oh, will that was such a sad addition. You go. What? Sorry. You go. (laughs) (laughs) I was giving it some low end (laughs) harmony. Okay. (laughs) All right. See y'all around.